Hi there, I'm Heidi Dove. There are a lot of ways to engage with us, but I wanted to take a moment today to thank you for listening here on the Harrisonburg Nazarene Church podcast. Also, you can now search for a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcast. For more about the church, please check out our website, abeaconofhope.org. You can also catch us live on Facebook each Sunday morning at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Lastly, we would love to invite you to our upcoming Christmas Eve services on December 24th at 4.30 and 6 p.m. We would love to have you at one or both of these services. The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. God with us. <laughs> See, God, God did not love us from a distance. He, he did not love us and stand far off and watch us in our, our struggle, in, in our pain, in our sin. No, we serve a God who came near. We serve a God who, by His very nature, He intervenes into our mess, into our plan, into our world. You see, Christmas truly is the divine breaking in to the mundane. The ordinary interrupted by the extraordinary. His kingdom entering into our reality. And so today we begin our series called Here Comes Heaven. Good morning. Uh, my name is Adrian. I'm so glad that you showed up today. I'm so glad to welcome uh, friends, guests, who showed up here in the room. Church family, would you help me welcome everybody in the room this morning? Thank you for being here. I hope now that you have your ticket that you'll share with someone else, invite them to be here each and every week leading up to this Christmas series. What we do in this room, in these moments, what we've been doing, what we will do is so critical. It's not something that we just fit in during this season. And if we're not careful, it can become that. But we believe we have the greatest message this Christmas season. We believe, it's not a competition, but we believe that we have the greatest message. And so when we come together like this, we just want to spend a few minutes remembering, reflecting, entering into the story once again, because we have the greatest story. Good news is in the room today. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is good news. We knew, we knew Christmas was coming. At least we should have. We should have. We should have known because there were hundreds of prophecies, hundreds of times that we were told that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. Consider in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, 725 years before Jesus would ever show up, consider the prophet wrote these words. It says, but you... You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. 725 years before Christmas would come, we knew Christmas was coming. What about in Isaiah chapter 7? These words were written, again, 700 years before the baby would ever show up in the manger. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. These words were not originally written on a Christmas card. They were not in the overlay over the manger as Jesus was born. These were written generations and generations before the promise was ever fulfilled. And one of the greatest challenges with Emmanuel, that means God with us, one of the greatest challenges of Isaiah chapter 7 is that the promise of Emmanuel came with silence. Consider the promise of Emmanuel, a God who is with us, came and wasn't fulfilled for 700 years. In fact, if you're familiar at all with Scripture and you know the Old Testament and you follow it through, you know that the Old Testament ends, and while it's easy to really flip to, oh, here's the New Testament, we know that there's a 400-year gap from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, and throughout that 400 years, we don't hear God speaking at all. We experience nothing, I mean, literally nothing is written in the Word about that time. It was a time of literal silence. And so while we don't really have to understand waiting like that, because for us, Christmas comes every year. That was the best part of it as a kid, right? Like, oh, that was Christmas. 300 days, we'll do that again, right? I love that. But, but, but we don't understand what it was to wait like that. It's with that idea of waiting that the words to the famous song were written, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice. Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Those are words of anguish, of waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. So today, what are you waiting for? What is it today that you're waiting for? I'm not talking about the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, okay? I've waited there too. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about what you just ordered on Friday online and you're watching the update to see when it's going to... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are you waiting for that many of us today here in this room, we stand at a crossroads in our life. We stand at a pivotal point in our lives. And today, as you answer that question, what are you waiting for? Many of us in this room would answer that question differently. Some in this room today, you're waiting for hope. You're waiting for hope. You right now are facing, you're walking a road, a journey, circumstances in your life that seem hopeless. Just over the past couple of weeks, I, I've gotten to see in the lives of people connected to this local church, um, despair, brokenness, circumstances that would cause you to look to heaven and just say, God, where are you? What are you doing? You feel crushed. You feel broken. You feel confused. You feel angry. And today, as you come, you're, you're not waiting for Christmas today. You're waiting for some hope in your life. And during this season, it's easy to look around and sing joy to the world and to feel like everyone else is doing fine but you. But if you were honest today, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your circumstances, you're waiting desperate for hope. Others today, maybe in the same way, you're waiting, but you're waiting for answers. 
You're waiting for answers because you've got questions. And maybe your questions come from circumstances in your life that you've experienced. Maybe your questions come from things in your life and they just don't make sense. But today, you got questions and you want answers and you're waiting. The question of why, it haunts you. So today, what is it that you're waiting for? You're waiting for some answers. Today, some of us are waiting and we're waiting for relief. I mean, the burden, the everyday, the hustle and bustle, the stress of your day-to-day life, it feels overwhelming. It feels like too much. It feels like, like sometimes if you were honest, you feel like, I don't know how much longer I can keep it up at this pace. I mean, you look back on the year past and all you can feel is the weight and the burden and the heaviness and it's all you can do to put one foot in front of the other. And if you were honest today, you said, I'm just waiting for some help. I'm waiting for relief. It's got to get better. It can't continue like this. Some in the room, because of the loved one you've lost or because of the circumstances, you're, you're homesick for heaven. And today, you want relief in the form of Jesus, Come. I'm ready to be with you wherever you find yourself. Some of us in the room, if we're honest, we just need some relief. It's just too much right now. Others in the room, you're waiting for what's next. What's next? Uh, you're looking around and nothing is happening. You, you, uh, maybe you, you're trusting God to lead your life and you're doing what He wants you to do. And, and maybe you're looking around today and you're saying, I, I don't see what the next step is. Maybe you've followed every step till now, but it's just not clear to you. And today you're waiting for clarity. You're waiting for some sort of direction on what's next. What's the next step for me to take? God's plan seems foggy and he's not showing you what is next. Some of us in the room are waiting for what's next. Maybe today I ask the question, what are you waiting for? And you just say, I don't even know. Uh, maybe today for you, life, just, you just feel like you're stuck in neutral. You, if you were on, it's hard at Christmas because some people are so Christmas, you know? They're so extra this time of year. And so you can't admit it, but out loud, you just say, I just feel kind of numb inside. And I, I just feel kind of lost. And I feel like I'm waiting. I don't even know what I'm waiting for. Every one of us in this room could answer the question of what are you waiting for? Maybe the most challenging thing as you wait, it feels like nothing's happening. You feel like you're waiting. And maybe if you are trusting in God today and you believe and you're talking to Him and you're praying, you're crying out loud and it just feels like you're talking and He's not talking back. You're waiting and it's just silence. And if there's anything that we hate more than waiting, it's silence, isn't it? I mean, okay, I've got four kids, so sometimes silence is really cool. But, but, but let's be honest. If we get into our car and start driving, nine times out of ten, we're going to turn the radio on. And if it's a song that we don't like, or if it's a commercial, that we don't even do that anymore because we've got it on our phone or whatever. But, but then we turn the channel to something else. We want to get the kind of noise that we like. We don't any, want any wasted time, wasted space that we're always filling. You know, we've got our earbuds in and our stuff, and we've always got noise, and we've always got stuff. And even when we don't have noise around us, we fill our lives with noise. Maybe not even audible, but visible. We've always got something in front of us. Literally, I can't be in line, you know, at the bank or wherever you are. You're in line and you're, what are you, you're reading, you're doing something, right? We're, we're just constantly, our lives are full of noise. 
And I get it. I resonate with that. But we are so uncomfortable with silence. And so what makes waiting even worse is when we're waiting and all we hear is silence. God, are, are you there? Do you hear me? Because all I'm, all I'm getting is silence. Have you been there? Are you there today? See, the problem, the problem is we think silence is a bad thing. We equate that to bad. And so what we can't understand a God who doesn't speak how we want, when we want, and so we believe in the silence that God is absent. So some of us today, in your waiting, in the silence, you believe that God is absent. You believe he's far from you. You believe he doesn't care. He doesn't see you. He doesn't acknowledge the hurt that you're experiencing. He doesn't see your brokenness and your pain. And you believe the lie that you wait alone in your silence. There's a truth today. It's a truth from God's word, and I'll explain that more in a minute, but it's a truth for us to know. And maybe this is a truth that you need to hold on to this Christmas season. Maybe this is a truth that you desperately need to be true in your heart and your life today. Because maybe you identify very much as somebody today that's waiting and it feels silent. It feels like nothing's happening. You've been praying for that person. You've been trusting and believing for that mirror. And you're praying and nothing, it's, it's radio silence. And today, especially during this season, you feel hopeless. You feel lost. You feel scared. And so if that's you today, I, I want you to remember this truth today. The bottom line for today is this, that the presence of silence is not the absence of presence. That the presence of silence today in your life is not the absence of his presence. We, we believe it is. We believe that the presence of silence means he's not there. We believe the presence of silence when we're talking and we're asking and we're waiting and nothing is happening. We believe in that moment that the presence of silence means, oh, okay, God's far off doing his thing. He's helping somebody else, not helping me. But today, the presence of silence is not the absence of presence. And I'm going to show you how we know. <laughs> Hundreds of years of waiting. At least, if, if you want to be generous, you know, or, or, or say 400 years from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, and then Luke chapter 1 happens. If you would, you would turn there with me to Luke chapter 1. Uh, we're going to spend just a moment here, and we'll continue in this story throughout the Christmas season. I hope, uh, parents, I hope with your kids this Christmas season, I hope you'll find some time. I, I, I'm challenging myself. I want to do that to gather around the Christmas story a little bit. I hope young people, old people, all people, I hope you find some time to really journey. I, I know you know the story. I know you've read it before, but I hope this Christmas season that you'll open up the word on your own throughout the week and, and let it come alive in your life. But today, I want you to envision Luke chapter 1, and I don't want you to envision Luke chapter 1 like you've envisioned it every other time. I want you to envision hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of silence. Generations and generations of waiting, and nothing is happening. And then, in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the silence, maybe when few people were expecting it, here comes heaven. Luke 1, verse 30, it says this, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. 
For you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. In a moment, in a moment of waiting, in moment after moment after moment of silence, suddenly heaven breaks in. And Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, shows up. When it seems like God was silent, when it seems like nothing was happening, when it seems like they're waiting without hope, here comes heaven, breaking into our midst. So what does this mean for us? Can I just be honest that some of us in the room today, um, maybe you're here and and you're not a Christian, you don't believe in in this yet, and you're just kind of curious, and we love that you're here, and we love that you would feel comfortable enough to be in the room. We hope you would come again. Some of us have been here many, many, many times. Some of us, this Christmas thing, we really have to fight because we've been through it so much, and we know the story, and we know the, but, but can I just, can we just pause for a minute? And stop and just ask again, why, why does this matter? Why does Christmas matter? Why is this important? Why is it not just Black Friday deals? Why is it not just two free, two-day shipping? Why is it not just the meals and the carols and the tradition? Why isn't it just that? Why, why does this truly matter? I think that's a great question that we should ask. I think every person in the room should ask that question. You see, Christmas matters. Because the moment that here comes heaven, the moment Jesus came, the moment that he entered into our midst, it began. It began a journey. It set in motion a series of events that led to your and my redemption because we were, we were sinners and we deserved death. And Jesus came. He didn't just zap from down in heaven, poof, there you, no, no, no. He came to become one of us, to die on the cross for our sins, to take our place, so that sin does not have the final word in your life anymore. It doesn't. Hopelessness in your life, it no longer has the final word. That when you look at this Christmas on the manger, you understand that Jesus came, God came for you in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your brokenness, and that, that means everything. <laughs> that changes everything. And so in case you've forgotten, in case you're wondering, in case for you, Christmas is getting drowned out by a lot of stuff. I want to remind you that this matters. This changes everything. But there's something even more. There's something even deeper. There's something even more significant for us this Christmas season. Uh, many of you know because I've shared stories of our house and four kids. And um, Glory, our youngest, is two. And so we brought her home uh, last July to be part of our family. And so last Christmas was like a real whirlwind for us. Um, I, I kind of remember it. I kind of see pictures and was like, ooh, uh, that, there, that happened. So this Christmas, we just like, she's more comfortable. She's more at home. And just seeing her as a two-year-old experience Christmas, it feels like she's experiencing Christmas for the first time. And so some of you that have toddlers, you know that. If you don't have a toddler and you forget, come on over. We'll share anytime. You can... Um, uh, but, but it's a beautiful thing, and it's a messy thing, but it's, it's life. And so watching Glory experiencing Christmas this year, almost like for the first time, it's a sacred thing. 
She can't say Christmas. She says Mismas, you know. But, but like we're driving down the road, she'll see lights. Mismas, Daddy. Mismas, you know. Um, and so that's what she says. And so um, we traveled for Thanksgiving and so put up all the decorations last weekend. And so they've been up for several days now. And one of the really cool things is watching Glory's eyes kind of light up and, you know, oh, Mismas. That's what the Christmas tree is called and all that. But, but there's one thing in our house that I really love this season. I almost forgot about it this year. But as Lauren pulled out uh, our manger scene, it was a, a gift given to us, and I really love it. It's really beautiful. I know you're, you think yours is the best. I think mine's better than yours, but we'll talk about that later. But, but it's the manger scene, and it, it's really beautiful. And, and side note, a little tragic, uh, Joseph took a fall one year, and so he's no longer with us in the manger scene. So we have a shepherd stand in every year, and he does a great job. And I'm not even sure the kids can recognize the difference. But anyway, beautiful manger set. But the cool thing about it, is uh, this year Lauren's kind of placed it on one of our shelves in the dining room, and so uh, we spend a lot of time around our table at our house. And so Glory, almost every time she sits down to eat a meal, she stops and says, look, baby Jesus. And the first time it's like, oh, that's sweet. And now every time it's like cereal, baby Jesus, yeah, baby Jesus, baby Jesus, yeah. I mean, like 20 times already, and we're not that far into the season, right? Every time she points out, baby Jesus. Maybe Jesus. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about uh, the beauty of, of Christmas for us. You know, the beauty of Christmas for us is that Jesus showing up was not just a one-time thing. If we're not careful, we can believe that. We can believe today that we le- read Luke chapter 1. What a, what a, what a beautiful historical account, right, uh, of what Jesus did, what happened past tense so long ago. And, and I'm, man, I'm glad that Christmas happened. I'm glad that it's a reality. I'm glad that, that we're not reading some folk tale that, that this happened. But the beauty of Christmas, as I watch my daughter experience it time after time, every meal after every meal, it's a reminder to me that the power of Christmas is not just that Jesus showed up once, the power of Christmas is that Jesus keeps showing up. It's like, oh, there's Jesus. There's baby Jesus. But like in your life today, the power of Christmas is not just that way back when, once upon a time, Jesus showed up and then the cross. I mean, that's awesome. That's beautiful. But the power of that is in that moment Jesus came, but now he keeps showing up. The presence of God, the power of God keeps showing up in my life. And so here comes heaven is not just something that happened way back when. No, here comes heaven can happen on a Monday morning when I'm driving down the road, on a Tuesday afternoon, on my weekend. Man, Jesus shows up. God's power shows up right there in the... That's a weird sound, but that's the sound it makes. Here comes heaven right into the midst of my everyday ordinary life. That's the power. That's why this matters to us. Because it's not just a past tense thing that we remember and we celebrate and oh that's over let's go no no this is a present tense reality in the life of the believer that jesus he kept his promise and he keeps showing up in our midst today amen some of you are smiling like you believe that today some of you are smiling maybe you forgot this is the best message this is good news today for you and i today in our lives and so today I want to I leave you with a challenge. I want to close our time with, with a challenge. I think that we could use that this season. I think uh, here we are, December 1st, on the verge of, of a, what can be an incredibly meaningful, but incredibly busy and distracting and hectic and stressful season. I don't have to tell you that. You already know. And so if I can today, 
based on the Word of God and the story that we're going to continue to read and, and based on the encounters that we're going to continue to read in the weeks to come, I want to issue you a, a, three challenges. It's really for me, and I'm, I'm sharing it with you today. Maybe you find yourself waiting. Maybe you find yourself in the midst of silence. You just don't see. You're just not sure where God's going to come through. You're not sure when He's going to show up. It just feels like a bunch of silence, and maybe in the silence you believe that God's not present, that he showed up once, but he doesn't keep showing up in your life today. So no matter where you find yourself today, I think these three challenges are for us all. Challenge number one is this. In the midst of your Advent season, I want to challenge you to stop. I want to challenge you to stop. We, during this time of the year, will go like none other. We will go, 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 go. Some of you, you're so extra this time of year with your Christmas stuff and your cheer and your hats and your lights. I love it. Do all that. But I'm just here to tell you that all of us as believers, this season of the year, we could do ourselves a favor by just learning what it is to stop for a moment. This is going to mean something different to every one of us. Some of you stop is going to mean stop doing fill in the blank. There's something that you always do, but this season of the year, you're going to stop doing it. Why? Because you're going to make space and you're going to make time and you're going to make um, room in your heart and in your life to receive, to listen, to experience heaven breaking into your midst. And, and if you're not careful this time of year, you can fill it with so much stuff and so much noise and so much busyness that you just survive and you just get through. And, but, but man, wouldn't it be great if this season could be so much more, especially in the life of a believer? And so I want to encourage you. Some of you, you got to delete the app for four weeks, man. Just do it. It'll be okay. Some of you, you, you got to not hit snooze five times, just two. Some of you, you got to, I don't know what it is, but it's stopping something to create space and time and energy for the presence of God to enter into your waiting. I'm bad at this. I'm so bad. I'm, I'm like, a, I, I, I get up and I'm not like super energy guy, but I'm, I get up and I start thinking, what do I got to do? What do I gotta, I'm not good at this. And so I'm challenging myself this Christmas season. What does it mean to stop? What does it mean with my family to stop? What does it mean? They're good things. I'm going to do good things. I'm gonna, that's all important. But what does it mean to make space? even in little ways for me to learn this Christmas season to stop because I think when we do, we make space for the presence of God to break in among us. Second, I want to challenge you to wait. And I know, I know the whole message is about waiting. So you're like, thanks for nothing. But listen, listen, some of us today, we're waiting. But there's a beautiful message for us, especially during Christmas in the area of waiting. Remember that for generations and generations, those before us waited and waited and waited in hope, and Jesus kept his promise to them. And so today, I want to challenge you to wait, but I want to challenge you to wait a little bit differently because sometimes, sometimes it seems like we're waiting for the Lord, but I want to challenge you today to wait with the Lord. We're not, we're not waiting for God to show up. We're waiting with God, with God. Why, why? How do you know that's true? Because Christmas happened. We're on this side of Christmas. You see, if we were on that side, the 400 years of waiting, we would be left to wonder, man, is Jesus going to come? Was this stuff true? Is it? But we know Jesus came. We know he kept his promise. And so today, as you wait, you don't wait alone. As you wait, you're not waiting for God to do something for God. No, no, God already showed up and is already showing up. So today, you don't wait for God. You don't wait on God. You wait with God. And so I want to invite you to wait differently. It feels like silence. It feels like he's not there. But I'm going to challenge you in faith today to stop, to make space, to learn what it is to wait, but learn what it is to wait with God. 
God, I believe you're here. God, I believe you're waiting with me. I believe in my grief, you're with me. I believe in my hopelessness, you are with me. I believe as I navigate difficult circumstances, as, as I pray prayer after prayer after prayer, and I'm exhausted, and I'm, God, I believe you wait with me today. And so I want to challenge you today to wait with God, the same God who sent Jesus in the midst of silence, in the midst of questions. He is Emmanuel. He was, it's not just that he was Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so we wait with him today. You don't wait alone. Finally, can I challenge you this Christmas season to trust? Maybe this is the hardest one in your waiting. Maybe this is the hardest one in your journey, in your circumstances that you face today. Can I challenge you today to trust? To trust that if Jesus showed up in the midst of 400 years of silence, he's going to show up for you. He's not going to leave you waiting. He's not going to leave you as orphans. He will come to you. That's what the Word of God says. And so today, wherever you are in your waiting, you don't wait alone. You don't wait on God. You don't wait for God. You wait with Him. He's right there with you. And I'm going to invite you today to trust. To trust that there is no wasted time in the economy of His kingdom. That what it seems like nothing is happening right now, but believe in faith and trust that something is happening. And man, this is a season... This is a season where we can lean in and we can trust like never before. Why? Because we have proof. We have proof that he is a promise keeper. We have proof that our God is a way maker. Why? Because Jesus, man, the baby in a manger for us. He kept his promises. He will keep them again. So today, would you lean in today? Would you trust him in a season where you feel hurt, in a season where you want to push him away, in a season for some of us, emotions of grief and anxiety and fear, all of that wells up with it. Instead, today, would you choose trust? Would you believe that as Galatians 4, 4 says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came and he is going to show up in your midst. Here comes heaven. Will you trust today? Will you trust? The presence of silence is not the absence of presence. This morning, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Could you stand as we prepare to close? Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for leaning in. Thanks for being here today. I pray you'll show up these next few weeks. We need each other. We need each other as we journey towards Christmas. But this morning, we're going to close by teaching you what for many of you in the room might be a new song. It'll be a bit of an anthem for us during this season. And as we sing it, I pray that you experience the goodness of God. I pray that you experience the power of God breaking into your midst. I, I pray where loneliness and fear and exhaustion today, I pray that you sense that you do not wait alone, that the power and presence of God is here with you. God, we love you. We cannot do this alone, but you don't ask us to. You're not the God who leaves us alone. You gave us Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that he came. Oh, but thank you that he still comes into our brokenness, into our mess into our waiting. You are the God who keeps his promises yesterday, today, and forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening here today. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to us at info at a beacon of if you happen to be in the Harrisonburg, Virginia area, we'd love for you to join us at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia. 
We meet every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and then at 11.45 a.m. for Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every week, Mondays at 6 p.m. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please be sure to subscribe in order to get updates and new episodes.